1: You know what
2: I do sometimes? I make a decision and then I go, whoops, forgot to ask God. Ever done that? And you get out there and go, what is wrong with me? No, I'm not sure. Pastor Mark, should I wear the black shoes this morning or the brown shoes this morning? That's for your wife to decide. And you just go on. You don't have to pray about that for crying out loud. After 52 years, I've learned a few things with my wife. So it's not only pray first, it's pray right. You want the will of God. You don't want your will, because His will is always better.
0: When you're facing big decisions, do you ever consider praying about them? And if you do pray before making major decisions, are you open to having your mind changed by God? Pastor Mark will be teaching about another aspect of being a Christ follower, one that Christians in America often neglect. You'll be reminded that your life doesn't belong to you anymore, it belongs to God. You'll discover the benefits of learning to ask God for His guidance as you navigate life. As you're reminded that God already knows the future, you'll be encouraged to seek His best direction for your living. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Our All-Knowing God Knows.
2: If you actually disobey God and head down a road going your own way, what happens to you is not covered by God. It's covered by your mistake. And what happens is something very common. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. And that suffering isn't from God. That's him Kind of discipline in us so that we will come back to the Heavenly Father. Amen? So understand, if you think about this, we covered enjoy, pray. By the way, when you pray, you have to pray first. The Bible says simply this seek the kingdom of God first, and everything else falls in place. You know what I do sometimes? I make a decision, and then I go, whoops, forgot to ask God. Ever done that? And you get out there and go, what is wrong with me? No, I'm not sure. Pastor Mark, should I wear the black shoes this morning or the brown shoes this morning? That's for your wife to decide. And you just go on. You don't have to pray about that, for crying out loud. After 52 years, I've learned a few things with my wife. So it's not only pray first, it's pray right. You want the will of God. You don't want your will, because his will is always better. Now, look at this. God's will for your life. You want to know what God's? For pastors, that's one of the common questions we all get, all pastors. What is God's will for my life? Well, I will never tell anybody what God's will is directly for the life. Should I marry him? him, him, him. Except I'll go by the scripture. And I'll say, if it doesn't meet this and this and this, no, you can't do that. Whatever, that's up to you, but that's wrong. If it's one of those things, you just go back to the scriptures. If the scriptures like go back to the principles. I don't tell people. But here, Paul is telling us the will of God. Notice what I just read to you. When you think about that verse, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. Well, what is God's will for us? There it is. There it is. What? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Pastor Mark, I could never do that. He's not asking for us to do it perfectly. But anything God commands us to do, he equips me to do. He enables me to do it. So we are striving to do that. We're never going to make it, but we're working on that. Now, I want you to turn. Some of you have never turned there in a long time. I want you to turn to the Old Testament, second book in the Bible. Just get your Bible, turn it to it. Exodus chapter 2. Let me give you a little summary. And I'm going to work in moms through this. And all the things we learned, those three keys, I'm going to work in through this story. Now, if you were here when we went through the story of Joseph in Genesis, you remember this. The nation of Israel had been designed by God and There was all kinds of things happening with Abraham and Jacob and his sons and all those kind of things. And then Joseph came along and his brothers hated him. They were jealous of him. And they were out one day and they took Joseph and they threw him into a pit. And they were going to kill him. That's how much they hated Joseph. But one of the brothers said, no, 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 we don't need to kill him. Let's sell him as a slave. And sure enough, there came a caravan, and they sold their brother, Joseph, he was young, to a group of guys that were just selling slaves. And he was sold to Egypt, and the country of Egypt, under Pharaoh. And the next many years, it was really ups and downs for Joseph. I mean, he got... Claimed that he raped his uh, leader, the wife. It was all a lie. Got through into prison, you remember? And He's in the prison suffering. He's, I'm th- he's saying, "Well, oh, I'm thankful in all circumstances, God. And he's there, and he helps two guys that, uh, that were in the prison. And one guy says to him, oh, I will definitely tell Pharaoh when I get out of here and be free. I'll tell him that you're the guy that got me encouraged and got out of here. Well, what happened? He forgot it. So eventually, he spends all this time in prison. But then did God come through? Yeah, because when he finally got to Pharaoh, he had to take a shower, he got to shave, whatever. You know what happened to him? He became the second in command in Egypt, the most powerful country in the world in those days. So he moved from prison in a matter of days to the second most powerful. Well, while he was there, to tell you what happened, his family lived in Israel, not in Egypt. The problem was there was a famine. God gave him a plan. He did all of that kind of stuff. They'd stored food. And he got his whole family from Israel to move. There wouldn't have been a lot of them to move to this country, Egypt. And Pharaoh loved Joseph He says, do what you want. You're fine. Just do what you want. So he got to move his whole family there, and his family knew they were going to be there 400 years because God had already predicted that. So they're in this condition right now. Let me just tell you something. As you go through, you're going to see why this happened. If Joseph doesn't go through this suffering, which was ordained by God, Israel would have never made it as a nation. They would have died in Israel. They had no food. The whole nation would have died. You say, Well, what's the big deal with that, Pastor Mark? Well, from the beginning of time, when God created the nation of Israel, Jesus the Messiah was to come through the line of the Israelites. If they're gone, there's no line for Jesus to come. If Jesus doesn't come, we're going home right now. There's nothing for us, we're going to hell. We're separate. We have no Savior. But that saved the nation of Israel. And because of that, we're here today worshiping our all-knowing God. Do you understand that? You say, that's too complicated for me. Complicated for you. What do you got? went, oh, let's see what I can do here. I'll work on this. He had the plan from the beginning of time. Understand, God knows what he's doing. Now, we don't know it. Joseph didn't know it. He didn't understand all that. And you're going to see what happens. So we pick it up right here and watch this next verse. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Eventually, a new king, a new pharaoh came in power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. So Joseph's died. All his brothers have died. But the nation of Israel is still there. And he said to his people, this new pharaoh... Look, the people of Israel now outnumber us, are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. And they will escape from the country. See, they love them being the slaves. Now, they weren't really hard on them net, but watch what happens. They will escape. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They were just in the country at this point, but they didn't want them to live. So they made them their slaves. And notice, I'll read it to you in the New Living. They appointed brutal slave drivers with them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. So God blessed the Israelites. They were producing lots of children. They were growing, 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 way more than Egypt was growing. And all of a sudden, these guys, the leader, the pharaoh, evil man goes, we got to stop that growth. So what they were trying to do with this, they were brutal. They were beating them. They were doing all kinds of things. And you can understand, it's very simple as you watch this. But the more the Egyptians opposed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Now, who caused them to continue to have babies and grow with strength after being beaten during the day. Who caused that? Who allowed that? God did. See, if you're a slave and you're the dad, you're the husband, you're beaten during the day. You're so tired you can't even get up to get home. Well, you're going to make love that night? No, you just absolutely wiped out. That was his plan. Make the guy so miserable, so beaten up, so hurt, they will never have any more children. Well, God honored it somehow, and here comes more kids. Now, what's Pharaoh going to do? Just sit back? Not a chance. Look at verse 15. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shafirah and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, on the birthing stools that they'd have, maybe just a rock in those days, watch as they deliver. This is from Pharaoh, the ruler. If the baby is a boy, kill him. Does that sound familiar to you? Hello? Anybody connected with the news today? You know the last thing that happened in New York State, and now it's happening all over the states. You can kill a baby legally in New York. The baby comes right out of the womb, and the mother says, Eh, don't want the baby. They will kill the baby right there. This is in the United States. It's spread in everywhere. Of course, they call it not murder because the baby's not human. Are you an idiot or what? Now, think about this. This is 2,000 more years ago, many, many more years ago. Satan never changes. You know why? His goal has always been what? Steal, kill, destroy. Do you understand? Now, there's hope. You're going to see hope here in a minute. But there's hope for us. Think about this. I just heard two states are working with their Supreme Court that if the baby has a heartbeat, you can't kill the baby. Well, that's really young. (laughs) But even if it's born and the born's healthy, 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 they're trying to get it through their Supreme Courts in the states that the baby cannot be killed. Now, that's a blessing from God. We need to pray for our country. It's filled with evil as you can see. Now, so what's going to happen? They're told, you kill the baby. If it's a girl, you let the girl live. Well, verse 17 gives us the answer. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. Well, do you think Pharaoh heard about that? Yes, he did. I won't go through all those verses. Skip down to verse 22. Pharaoh then gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, which was known as, obviously, all kinds of animals, whatever, crocodiles, you name it. Throw every newborn boy into the Nile River, but you can let the girls live. Well, you see what he's after. No boys, very few boys, not many kids. Think about that man, what he did. But it's it's difficult times. Go to chapter 2. You're right close by. Just go to chapter 2. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi, Jewish couple, got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. This is interesting. In one of the most difficult, dangerous times in the history of the Jewish people, Amron and Jochebed, the father and mother, already had two children, a boy and a girl, but they decided to have another child. I want to stop for a moment and challenge you. I think that decision didn't just come from a mom and dad. I think God directed them to have a child. And you and I would think, Wow, in that kind of time? Well, it's the same challenge we have today that married couples face. Now, I will not ever tell anybody, here's how you have to do it. Here's what you do. But let me just give you an illustration here. Should we bring a child? This is what young couples face today. Should we bring a child into our corrupt, wicked world? Pastor, I really... I don't want to have a child in this world. It's just absolutely going to hell every day. By the way, it's not going to get better. Should I really do that? That decision is not mine to make. It's not yours to make. It's the couple's to make. But we need to remember that in the beginning of time, what did God say to Adam and Eve? Multiply. Fulfill the earth. Our children are a gift from God. Do you understand that we need to remember every child is born in the image of God, and every child born has a unique plan that God has for that child. All the babies I dedicated this weekend, God had a unique plan for every single one of them. It's to expand the kingdom of God and get lost people back to God. Let me ask you a question. What if 80% of Christians from now on Because of our world and getting so worse and much worse. What if 80% of Christians decide not to have children? Would there be any effect on our world? Most of you don't think there would be any effect. Is that what you're saying? Not a chance. If you look at our world, and I won't mention any names, religions that are not godly, that are false religions, many of them. Do you know they know how to take over? Many of you know how they do it. More children, more children, more children, more children, more children. And pretty soon, the town that they live in, they own everything. No violence. They just own everything. Go to England. You'll see it. It happens all over the world. If 80% of the Christians don't have any children, who's going to be salt and light in our dark world? Who in the world is going to share the gospel and make disciples? So we have to be very careful. In this day... Amron and Jacobet decided, no, we're going to have a son. And I believe God had an influence on that. So I just pray for the young couples. Nobody's going to condemn you. Nobody's going to do anything. That's none of my business. But understand, we were put here to be light and salt for a dark world. And we can't be afraid because we're in the hands of God. Don't run fearful today. Don't run fearful. Now, Later, this baby is named Moses. What if Moses was killed at birth or drowned? What would have happened to the nation of Israel? There would be no nation of Israel. I already went through that with you. You're going to see later that Moses is the one who God is going to raise up to get the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. That's why the book is called Exodus. And from that would come the Messiah. So, God's going to have his hand on that. Now, this next verse is, is Jochebed looks down at this baby. Notice what it says. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Now, do you believe when she looked down at that little baby boy, Amron and Jochebed were joyful for those three months? Do you believe they were joyful? Absolutely. Some of you are not with me today. Are Are you asleep or what? If you're looking at a brand new baby boy, are you going to be joyful? Hello, get alive out there, would you? Do you think they were praying over that boy knowing the circumstances? Remember what our free things were? Always be joyful. Always be praying. You think they were? Yeah. What was the other one? Be thankful. We have a healthy baby boy in these circumstances. The same three things I already said to you at the beginning that Paul mentioned. Now, look at verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, she probably got afraid that that neighbor comes over or somebody down the street say, oh, you got a baby boy. Oh, you're supposed to have thrown him in the Nile. Well, that's what they're afraid of. So they did it as long as they could. When they could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in a basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Who gave mom and dad that idea? Well, they got online and Googled. Who gave, seriously, who gave mom and dad that idea? God did. Now, it make no sense to them. But as Moses' mother put him in the water along the Nile River, picture this, put in your three-month baby in a little bitty container with the crocodiles and all the stuff. Could she be joyful even in that situation? Because whose hands was he now in? God's. You see, when she did that, do you think she prayed at all there? Wisdom, protection. Exactly. Exactly. Could she walk back home and say to husband, well, we can be thankful we had him for three months. I know God told us to do this, so we're just going to trust God. You see, they were learning. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them like we do. They were learning to trust the all-knowing God. Now, when you saw that, when they got home, would they pray less or more, after they put the baby in the Nile. Exactly. You didn't have to say to him, did you pray today? You only prayed once a day. what's wrong with you? No, they knew God answers prayer. So they'd be praying. Well, look at verse four. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Now here's Miriam, she's older. She's watching her new baby brother Do you think she's praying? For sure. She knows the dangers. Now watch this, verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her, to take the basket out of the water. Now, here we see some good luck that God brought into the baby Moses' life. No, this is not good luck. God arranged for Pharaoh's daughter to take a bath on that first day in the Nile River. Now, Pharaoh's daughter thought that was the day that she picked because she needed a bath because right after the bath, she was going to have a massage and have her nails done. No, I just added that. That's the Balmer translation. Do you actually believe that God could encourage a person to be in the will of God and they don't know it? Of course. So here she is on that day, and our all-knowing God knows what in the world he's doing. He arranged these details right from the start, the impregnancy, the baby, boom, 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 boom. Now remember, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. God still has a plan for us. We're still being directed by God, the all-knowing God.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about the rebellion that the Hebrews acted out against the most powerful king at that time, Pharaoh. You learned that active faith will require action sometimes. You got to hear how God honored the midwives who feared God rather than the king how their faith was rewarded by their saving the boy who would grow up to be their deliverer. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching, Our All-Knowing God Knows What He's Doing. You'll hear more about the parents of Moses and the type of character they displayed in their bringing Moses into the world and then protecting him. You'll be shown that there are many ways to live out your faith every single day, besides praying and witnessing We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time. As Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Live Here Now then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry